0: The title of the message today is Jesus Speaks on Our Investments. He speaks about investments. Okay, so what does the Lord have to say about our investments? Um, Years ago, um, I won't name any names, but uh, we had someone in our church that was um, a new level of monopoly that I didn't know about. And where there were there were contests, like there were people in Whatcom county and and there was uh, uh, what do you call it um, anyways they 'd come together, and there would be a kitty for the winner and and so there was a level of competition I never knew so uh, we were we were trying to do kind of let 's let 's um, get our family together. It was the winner. Winter days, uh, and we thought, well, how about on Friday, uh, we just kind of have a game night. with. Uh, we set up tables out there, and we had like five tables with different games on, and and then we had games for the kids downstairs. And th- let's just be a family and hang out for the evening. And so we did that for a while, and that was kind of cool. But this, he walked in, and we said, well, this one game, and he said, we'll do a Monopoly game. And he came in, he set this thing up, and it was just like... I've never seen a Monopoly game like that. And the way that he played, he was going to get all of the money. It was just like, woo! It's like a whole new level that I didn't know about. So uh, here's the one that owns the cattle in a thousand hills. This is the, the creator of the universe in flesh. Jesus, the Son of God, is going to speak to his disciples and speak to us today about our investments, Okay. So he knows he knows a thing or two about investments. Okay, so open up to um, Luke chapter twelve. Luke chapter twelve. And um, so last week uh, we had come through verses one through um, through twelve, and we were talking about the God factor, and we talked about. How, how precious the words that we use, and may they only be words that would bring God, uh, make, bring a smile to his face. And then we talked about the fear factor in our lives, and you know, there's a good fear, stay away from the cliff, you know, there's a good fear, but then there's a bad fear that the enemy throws out, that God doesn't love you, and I'm going to go eat worms, and that's, you know, fear of whatever, and so there, you know, but he is the one that then provides the love factor. And here's one that's just amazing. We were talking about this a bit last week. If you, if you don't know that you're loved, life turns into a mess. We have to know we're loved. And all of the Bible speaks of this God that so loves us. And so to believe that the creator of the world loves us, that he created you, and he, he put you here for a certain time. And, and he loves you and he wants the very best for you. And so he's recorded in his word, the best of life. Um, what's the best way to live this life, to get the most out of the life that God has for us here to bring honor to the one that created us? So he designed us, he knows us. And then the last thing we talked about yeah. was a, a confess factor that we have to believe that God so loved us, that so loved the world, he sent his one and only son that he would live this life and show his love by healing people and casting out demons and and healing people from the dead, raising them back up and then finally sacrificing his life and anyone who believes that kind of love can have eternal life with God forever and ever. That's the promise. And then this Holy Spirit life that Jesus didn't stay dead, but three days later came back to life to prove his power over sin and death. So we ended there, and what happens next is where Jesus starts to speak of investments. And the reason why he starts to speak of money was there was somebody in the crowd that said, I need help. I need you to talk to my brother about sharing the inheritance to me. And so watch what Jesus does with this. It's it's amazing. The first thing that happens here is uh, when Jesus responds, and you know this, that for some reason Jesus likes to use a story. And so what he does is he does... After he responds to this person, then he begins to tell a story. But let's see how Jesus responds to this person first. Verse 13. Then one of the crowds said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, verse 14, Who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? So, I want to pause there for a minute. So, he answers this person that said, Do what's right, in a way, and um, tell my brother he has to be fair. He has to divide the inheritance. So, Jesus says, Wow, who made me? Now, Jesus is God in the flesh. He's speaking to the one that designed all life. So, does he have something to share? And it's like, well, maybe you don't realize who you're talking to. So I'd like you to take take you to John chapter, um, is it 15? Let me double check here. Um, John 18. In John 18, there's something that um, Pilate finds out about Jesus. So go to John chapter 18, verse 33. When Pilate... Uh, entered the praetorium again, he called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered and said, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you concerning me? Pilate answered and said, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priest deliver- have delivered you to me. What have Uh, You done. So Jesus answers in verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So Pilate then says, So you are king. Jesus answers, You say rightly. That I'm a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and he said to them, I find no fault in him at all. What was God in the flesh saying to this leader, this Roman leader, right at that time? So I found it fascinating that he said, Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus says in, in John, Also, in John 10, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. So the chances of you sitting in this room right here, having heard Jesus call you into this relationship for all eternity, is very high, that at some point, something made sense of you in your heart. Maybe you didn't hear audibly, but something in your heart and in your mind said, This is true, that God created the world. This is true that he loves the world and he wants the world to come to him. So when this man asked Jesus, Jesus had all authority to speak into that matter. <laughs> it wasn't like, well, who am I to tell you what to do? It's like, no, Jesus, please tell him what to do. And so Jesus does. And so Je- what Jesus does then with this story, as he's talking to the crowd, he gives an opening statement. Then he tells the story and then he gives a closing statement. And it's like, man, that's beautiful. So watch what happens here. So go back to Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> so here's his, uh, here's his uh, opening statement. Um, in verse 15, he says, Take heed... And beware of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Okay, so there's, he's he's going to drive this home. So he's talking to that person that said, tell him to share the inheritance. And he's saying, be careful that that greed doesn't overtake you and your identity is consist of the abundance of things you have maybe your wealth hmm so watch watch out what he does here so how important are those things and let me even ask for you to think about what is what is so great to you what what is something that you just oh i just it's just great it just helps me to live my life i just Yeah, when I get home from work, it's just this is what just brings me the most joy out of the out of life. What is that? Maybe uh, maybe some of you it's it's music. Maybe some of you. So um, I have this guitar here, and and so there's times where I could just I sit down and I I can fall asleep playing it. It's just it brings me that peace. But is that is that my life? Well, it, it brings me a lot of joy. So what is it with you? What's your identity? What, and it's because he says here, um, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. So what is life to you? What is, you know, that, 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 that old word that keeps coming back, what is the meaning of life to you? What is it? What is it that you just hold on? And if you're a believer, you, you know, the answer is that Sunday school answer. It's Jesus, Jesus, yes. So here's his opening statement. He says this. And, uh, you know, before I go from here, um, there's something that we know about living here in America that materialism is just huge, just that we can't get enough stuff. And I have a friend that you couldn't walk through her house. She just had a trail, and she just had things stacked. And it was good stuff. She would go to garage sales and good buys, and she would have this stuff, and then she would do garage sales. But she couldn't get rid of this stuff. It was good stuff. I was looking at speakers and guitars and amps and stuff. I was going, "Wow!" And she said, "It's mine." It's like, "Wow!" <laughs> but really, in America, we we're like that, right? We we are, each of us in a sense. Oh, you know, I've got this, and I've got this, and this is mine, and. Um, I'm just saying there might be something here for us. So who are you really? I want to run through real quick a list that I looked up. Okay, if you've believed in Jesus, what's your identity? Well, you've been chosen. You're, you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You've been called You've been loved, you've been saved, you are his workmanship, you've been brought near, you're a peacemaker, you're a citizen, you're a saint, you're a member of the household of God, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, you are, you are, that's who you really are, if you've believed in the Lord Jesus, that's who you really are, it's not your stuff, it's not where you work, it's that's who you really are. Okay, so Jesus gives this opening statement, and then he gives a story. Verse 16, he spoke a parable to them, saying, uh, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So just pausing here, man, he had a great year. This was like, Man, his ship has come in. I mean, this is the year everything came together. And that just, just came together. All right. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and I will build greater. And there will, I will store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, <laughs> he's talking to himself apparently. Soul, you have many goods laid up for years to come. Take your ease, eat and drink, and be merry. Just enjoy life. You got it made. So, Jesus says to him, so here's the God in the flesh speaking about stuff, speaking about money, speaking about having things. And he says, make sure that's not your identity. Make sure that's not what life consists of. But he says... God says to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those will, um, then whose will those things be which you have provided? Verse 21. Here's his closing statement. And he says, so is he who lays up treasure for himself himself and he, and is not rich toward God. Opening statement, be careful. Gives the story, and then he closes up with, if this is where you are, if this is what you do, you're gathering things for yourself, treasures here, you're not rich towards God. So, okay, so this is what he tells the crowd. He gives this, and he tells the crowd. So what's happening right right now is the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and you're trying to figure out, now where do I fit into this picture that God is telling these people back then? Where, where is this, all? Oh, what am I supposed to do? And that's a good thing. So, what happens next is that um, Jesus will teach his disciples. Okay? Now, before we get there, there's a Bible verse and some of you might see it. Turn to First Timothy chapter 6. So back of your Bible, if you go back to Revelation and thumb your way back in, that's kind of the easier way I get there. Uh, So 1 Timothy chapter 6. So there's 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and then if you get to Hebrews, you've gone too far. Okay, so in verse 6, watch this switch that um, Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes for us today. Verse 6. Now, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these will uh, we shall be content verse 9 but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and ruin. Verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from their faith and in their greediness and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So he gives this picture. It's not money is evil. It's the love of money. Okay? So he's given this picture. And then he switches it around. He said, now here's what you need to be doing. Verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and gentleness. Really? Really? That's what my life was supposed to be, Jesus? Yeah. Pursue these things. Because the inheritance, (laughs) the benefit of these things far surpass the love of the stuff in this world. So pursue these things. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, we need to see that in our world, don't we? Amen? We need to see that. That's the Holy Spirit. That's evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life right there. So he says in verse 12, it's going to be a fight. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and, have con- and you have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, until he's appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is blessed And the only sovereign king of kings and lord of lords. Who alone has immortality. Who dwells in unapproachable light. Whom no man has seen or can see. Whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Amen. Wow. So we get this switch of what really is important in life what really has the best results for a full life and the one that designed us knows what that is and ever since you've believed in Lord Jesus he's been trying to get your attention and my attention to not get tangled in the stuff in this world but to keep our focus on this life with him and what's really important you know our god that we that have cre- has created us is a god of relationship And the first thing he wants is for you and me to recognize and know him. And it seems real obvious when you walk out into creation, you look at the trees and you go, there is a God. You look at things starting to grow and you go, how could this be? There has to be a God in heaven. And the Bible explains him so that he created all things for you and for me to have a great life with him in his creation. That's his plan. And and then the Bible teaches we've all messed up. We've all said, you know what? I got this, God. I'm going to just do it my way, okay? Thank you very much. And we find ourselves in sin. The, the very core of sin is turning away from our creation, Creator God and saying, I got this. No matter what that looks like, drugs, alcohol, wh- whatever that looks like. And he said, you know, I love you so much. I can't leave you in that state. So I'm going to make this demonstration of my love. And so the Father sent the Son into the world to be the Savior of the world. He came into the world, and this world didn't recognize him, didn't trust him. They didn't know where he was from, but he proved his love by healing people and bringing people back to life, casting out the demonic spirits from people. And the Bible says that we've been transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of the beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. through that, he's forgiven our sins, and he's given us a new life to live in his Holy Spirit now and forever, Amen. Jesus said, Repent, the kingdom of heaven has come. There was the king, <laughs> he was saying. Kingdom is where the king is. Kingdom of heaven has come. If you've believed on Lord Jesus and the kingdom of heaven is living in you, wherever you go, you're bringing the kingdom of heaven. You're bringing hope to the hopeless. You're bringing your king, his kingdom, into the world around you that people need that love from the creator God. Back to Luke chapter 12. He turns, after talking to this crowd, he turns to the disciples and he begins teaching the disciples. But he he uses the same but different technique. He's got two illustrations he uses, but he, he gives an opening statement and then he gives an illustration and then he gives a closing statement. And he links into yet another statement, and then he gives another illustration, and then he gives a closing statement, and then he brings it together with, now, here's how you do this. Isn't that the question? That's why we go to YouTube when we need to fix the uh, oven and stuff in the car. We go to you. How do we do this? Well, God's going to give us the how do we do this today, okay? So let's go along with the disciples and say, okay, Jesus, teach us today. So in verse 22, here's his opening statement. Verse 22 and 23. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Verse 23. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Okay. All right. He's given that statement. Life is more than this physical. There's something more going on here. Life is more than eating and drinking. As desperately as we need to eat and drink, he says, life is more than that. Jesus will say when he was tempted in the wilderness, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What? That's more important? Jesus, when he met the woman at the well, the disciples came back with food, and he says, I have food you don't know about. And they said, where did he get the food? Jesus said, my food is to do the will of my Father who's in heaven. What? What is he talking about? You mean that's more important? So all of a sudden we're confronted with something that's like out of this world. This doesn't make sense. Okay. So he makes this statement. And then he says, Verse 24, here's his illustration. Consider the ravens, or the birds, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouses nor barns, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than birds? Okay. So he he gives this uh, illustration He gives the opening statement. He gives this illustration about food and clothes. So how much more value? So don't worry. Okay. Um, Just real quick. um, What is one of your favorite desserts? What is, somebody just call out? What is one of your favorite desserts over here in this section? Chocolate, Chocolate, ice, lava, what? Lava cake. Lava cake. (laughs) Sounds amazing. Okay, over here in this area, not desserts, but like food. What is, what is something that just is food? Yeah. Barbecue salmon. Barbecue salmon. Okay, anybody else over here? Okay, somebody's got to say steak somewhere. In there. <laughs> so here, here we are going, what? More than that? As much as we enjoy that, more than that? He says, yeah, you know, the birds don't. So don't worry. So that don't worry, be happy. So don't get all caught up in that, that that's not your soul. I can't wait to get home so I can have my lava cake, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> don't worry. Um, so what is your focus then for life? What is life focus? And he said, no, it's not that. Okay. So watch what happens here. He he makes that closing statement in this in verse twenty five. Um, he gives the, I guess that's the closing statement there verse twenty five. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature, or or can make your life live longer by worrying? Okay, anybody in this room by worrying has it helped? Anybody say it's it's helped? I've used it and we yeah. <laughs> All the time. There we go. We got one. We're going to have to talk to you later there. (laughs) Um, Doesn't help. Doesn't help. It just causes your muscles, and then you have to pay the chiropractor because you got to go get straightened out again, all that stuff. Okay. So here's Jesus saying, God in the flesh saying, don't worry. I've got you. Don't get caught up in this stuff. So then he... He goes into this next in verse twenty six, kind of a link before he goes into this next illustration. Um, so did I have the picture of the cake up there, Tony? I was supposed to do the cake. That was my so. Um, then he goes into this next, uh, this next place in verse twenty six. He said, "If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest?" And in verse twenty seven, here he comes with this next illustration. He says. Consider the lilies of the field and the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Okay. So he gives that, he gives that, that story. So let's go to that story and let's see this Solomon that had it all. You know, that was David's son. That was the next king after David. So go to First Kings. So go to the front of your Bible and thumb your way in, and you will find um, you'll go through the Pentateuch there, and then Joshua and Sam, First and Second Samuel, and and then First Kings, chapter three. First Kings, chapter three, verse five. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5, appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. Hey, we were talking about dreams today. Well, here's a good dream. God said, ask what I will give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Verse 7. So we're in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be counted. Therefore, verse 9, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people. That I may discern between good and evil. For who who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech, verse 10, Bless the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, "Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor asked for riches for yourself, nor asked for life of your en- the life of your enemies, but you have asked yourself for understanding to discern and justice, behold." I have done according to your words. See, I have given you wise and, a wise and understanding heart so that there, is not, um, there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall there be any like you after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches, honor, and honor, so that there shall not be anyone among you, the kings in all of your days." So if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream, and he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offerings of peace offerings and made a feast for all the servants. So it was a dream, but God came to Solomon in the dream. And Solomon did what God wants us to do. Instead of saying, give me all the riches of the world, that'll make me happy and I can serve you. He gave me all, if I won the lottery, I'd build a new church and I would do all this stuff for you. And he's saying, and then I'll look at Solomon. He asked for wisdom to help his people. And then the Lord said, good answer. Here's what I'm gonna do for you. <laughs> You know, God wants to give us an abundance, but when we want it selfishly, it's not so. He's not so happy to do that. But when He knows that we're going to take that and we're going to cause His kingdom to grow in our lives and our hearts and inviting others in. So here it is. Back to Luke chapter 12. So in verse 28. And God said, so close the grass today in the field. Tomorrow is thrown away in the oven. How much more will he clothe you of little faith? Verse 29. So 29 and 30 are closing statements to the story. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, your Father knows that you need these things. Isn't that beautiful? He knows that you need these things. So don't go after it. Do what you need to do, but don't, you know? So here he is. He gives that closing statement. Don't be anxious. Um, don't be worried about the clothes. So, Tony, you haven't had a picture there. Don't be worried about the clothes. Um, years ago... When you were young, bell-bottoms were in, right? If you were anybody, you wore bell-bottoms. And then you wore those platform shoes if you had a heel on them. You know, it's coming back. I guess it might be back. But don't worry about those uh, bell-bottoms or seafarers or whatever they were called back then. Don't worry. God is going to take care of you. God is going to take care of you. So, so, Jesus, uh, God in the flesh, gives, uh, he's teaching the disciples, and he gives them two illustrations. And he says, really, he says, don't worry. Trust me. So, there's something in your life that's bothering you. Maybe you're, maybe you're saying to me, no, Pastor, I'm not worried. I'm concerned. Well, okay. That's okay. Be concerned. But it's going to be okay. Trust him. Trust his way of life for you. Know that he loves you. Now watch what he does in verse 31 through 34. This is the how to. This is the how to not worry. And this is how Jesus tells us to invest in his kingdom and not in the stuff in this world. This is where your investment happens. Verse 31. So there's four things. He says, seek the kingdom of God. He says he wants to give you the kingdom he tells you to sell your stuff and then he tells you where your treasure is your heart will be there. So look at verse 31. Seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear little flock for it is your father's good pleasure look at this to give you the kingdom. That's your inheritance. You get the kingdom. <laughs> you get the kingdom. Where the king is is where his kingdom is. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Don't you know that the kingdom is in you? Beckoning to come out and to be on display and to speak words into people's lives about the kingdom, this kingdom of love. He wants to give you the kingdom. That's your inheritance for eternity. Life with God here and now that he walks with you. He's in you, that he has the best for you. And he's saying, follow me. Follow me through the tough times. Follow me through the good times. And then he says in verse 33, sell what you have, give alms, provide for yourselves money bags, which do not grow old, treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches or moth destroys. So, Maybe there's just, uh, maybe you've been thinking like me. Well, I know that I'm not supposed to sell everything and live off the government. That's not right. That's not what he's saying, right? And uh, because the government is us, we pay the taxes, right? So I'm not living off of my friends. But it's it's that heart of, you know, the stuff that we have. If there's something in your life that is... You know, you're maintaining this stuff for whatever reason. Like I had stuff in my garage for 15 years and I was maintaining it like a shrine. It's beautiful. You know, I've got this cordless and I've got these things and it's just real not... Natalie says, if you haven't used it in 15 years, honey, so maybe downsizing so I can run better for the Lord. You know what I mean? I've got too much stuff I have to take care of. Maybe that's what's happening for us. Too much stuff to take care of. It's time to get rid of it. Run lighter, following the Lord. So here's what I'm going to ask here at the end. um, If you have never um, invested in the Father's treasure, and the Father's treasure is Jesus, if you've never really invested all, There's a piece of scripture in Matthew that says, a man found a treasure in the field and he sold everything he had and he bought the field because of that treasure. If you've never invested your life, I don't mean just tipping your hat and going to church Sunday, but if you've never given your life, if you've never invested all that you have into this love plan of who Jesus is, if you've never done that, then today could be that day because everything changes when that happens. He doesn't want just a part of you. He wants all of you. It's all or nothing. And, and he takes you where you are and he brings you closer and closer to that point. But if you've, never, if you've never invested in the Father's treasure, maybe today's the day. So the first thing is confess your sin to him. That sin of rebellion against him, of doing it your way, confess that rebellious, rebellious streak and say, I've rebelled against you. Second thing is that you confess Jesus as Lord, that you're not ashamed to say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, that he saved my life, that Jesus came and died on the cross for my sins, and he rose again. I believe that. He saved my life for all eternity. My sins are forgiven. If you haven't haven't confessed your sin to God and just said, that's who I am, I repent of that. Maybe today's the first time. He wants all of you, and then confess Jesus as Lord. What does it say in uh, Romans 10? If you confess Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So i want to give you that opportunity today when I pray. But then there's those of you in this room that maybe you need to re- revisit that investment that you made when you, when you trusted in the Lord as your Savior. Maybe you've got messed up by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the, pride, uh, lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Maybe you've got hung up on stuff, and he's calling you back to that investment in Jesus when you first believed in him. So maybe that's you today. So what we're going to do then is that um, I'm going to pray, and if, you're, if you are for the first time uh, confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and, and I'll just pray over you. And I want you to come and talk to me later so I can help you get, get going on this journey. Okay? And if you're here today, and you know that you need to reinvest in the Lord, uh, we're going to do communion And so when we do communion, it's remembering what Jesus did for you to set you free to live this new life.